PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites. Archive, distribute, and display your photos in a flash-free, responsive website. Try one for free for 14 days at PhotoShelter.com. Get our latest educational guides for free. PhotoShelter.com slash resources. Good afternoon, photo lovers. You are listening to I Love Photography Live. If you're in the Northeast, man, we feel sorry for you. That blanket of cold air. It's so cold, the New York Times is reporting uh, owls from the Arctic have settled in New York <laughs> and Grand Central. At any rate, you might be watching us on youtube.com slash photoshelter, or you might be listening to the podcast by going to iTunes and searching for I Love Photography. Joining me uh, again uh, this week is my lovely co-host, Sarah Jacobs. How are you? Hey, Alan. I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, you are fighting a little bit of a cold. I am. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just getting over the tail end of a cold. It's It seems to be cold season. It definitely is. If you, As you were saying, if you haven't had a cold in the past two months, you're like invincible somehow. So Invincible, yeah. I mean, get with the program. <laughs> yeah. Come on, share, share some of the love. Share some of the germs. Exactly. I got the flu shot, but I didn't get a flu. I just got a normal cold, and it's still kind of a bummer. Mm. Uh, as usual, I think we're talking about photography today. You know, the one thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because uh, you weren't on the show last week, is this whole World Press Photo thing. And I know you love to talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't I talk about it some more? Do. Here's, here's my impression. Uh, because, you know, they came out and they said 20% of the penultimate round was rejected. That's right. Which is just a huge number of photos. Melissa Little, who is on the NPPA board, the National Press Photographers Association board, she had a thread on Facebook about it. And she got an... Uh, uh, a submission from a photographer who said he was rejected in that round uh, by World Press. And he sent Melissa the original raw file and the uh, image, the processed image that he entered. And he said, I don't understand what the issue is. And Melissa looked at it and she says, I don't really understand what the issue is. Uh-oh. So it, it goes back to what I was saying last week, which is there's a huge divide between what is understood on paper, which is, of course, excessive toning is not good, and the reality of that situation. And what would be a real shame is for um, these award winners to come out, as they did in the past week, and a few pundits like myself to come out and say, well, we gotta, we got to do something to clarify this, and then have the conversation stop and make it go away until next year. World Press has said they're going to give visual guidance, which I think is important, but beyond that, I really would call upon the people who were disqualified to show their images, the RAWs and the process files, in order that we can continue to have a discussion about it because it affects the credibility of the contests. Not just World Press, but all the contests that can't articulate why an image gets DQ'd. And it kind of reminds me of the Olympics. Um, when you're looking at like gymnastics or you know something something where there is a subjective component to the judging, and you watch it and you're like, wow, that was amazing, and then one judge from some better, somewhere you know gives it like a four or something, you're like, what? That's crazy. Um, and because there's no transparency in the judging, that you have no idea what the logic is behind that. Now the Olympic. Olympic committees and some of these big competition committees have, have gone in and said, okay, we're going to reject the best score and the worst score. 
as a way to sort of temper the outliers. But that's sort of in response to people saying, what's the, what's the big deal? Like, wh why would we even bother watching this and care about who, who wins or not when it's so clearly rigged? You know, that's sort of the conspiracy theory. Right, well, it being kept secret, I mean, that, that idea seems pretty antiquated. Why can't World Press just let out all the photos that were disqualified? I'm glad that to hear that the photographers were actually warned, yes. hey, your photo was disqualified, we think it was too heavily manipulated to yeah. be considered. Well, I think the worst thing World Press could do is be defensive about the discussion. Yeah. Say, we're, no, we're leaders and we're going to continue to strive, but, but then not be able to sort of head on say, okay, this is the reason why we thought it was wrong, and then have a discussion around that, and then be able to say, okay, we might have been wrong about this one, and, and here's why. You, you got to have the conversation continue because it is a subjective thing. And the fact that we're so out of alignment between what the jury and the forensics experts thinks are, are acceptable and the photographers think are acceptable, and not even all photographers are on the same plane, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, that, the, the conversation has to, has to continue. Okay, yeah. enough about that. <laughs> well, we'll continue the conversation then, Alan. We'll check in about it every other week or Let's so. check in about it. Yeah. In the conversation. This Sunday is Oscar weekends. Speaking about another competition that I don't care about. <laughs> I don't care about award shows. I, you know, all the movies that I want to see are mostly because the critics say these were the really good movies this year. Go see them. Not because it won. Mm -hmm. Like, who cares about Picture of the Year? Okay, whatever. Uh, one of those movies that's probably not going to win is Selma. Um, but we're not talking about the movie Selma. We're talking about the actual March to Selma and the event known as Bloody Sunday when a lot of black marchers were beaten down by police. Um, and on the scene was the photographer Spider Martin. Um, Spider, James Spider Martin, is a white photographer who was covering a lot of that stuff, but he was one of the few people that actually covered the, uh, the violence that occurred on that day. And the entire week from start yeah. to finish. And I, I found that really interesting. It's because he shot for the Birmingham News, so he shot for a local newspaper. So he just happened to be there. He didn't have to travel, you know, like the AP Press did after the events had already occurred or started, you know, started occurring. Um, which reminded me a lot of, remember when you and I interviewed David Carson who yes. had who, yeah, who shot down in Ferguson, he was able to get, you know, right from the beginning, that very first, and I feel like it just, it's so important, these little photojournalists that, I mean, these photojournalists that are in these little towns, you know? Yeah, the value of having a local press that knows the territory, knows the people, knows what's going on. Exactly. Um, you know, that, and, and we mentioned this before, that's sort of the tragedy of, of um, the newspaper world and the, and the, um, the aggregation um, of, of all of these entities with Gannett and et cetera, it's like the local coverage suffers tremendously as a result of it. Exactly, and when important events like this protest, like the Selma protests or, or Ferguson protests, begin to happen, we need those people on the ground immediately so that we know the story from start to finish. So here's Spider in a tree. <laughs> I loved um, it. Five foot two inches. Not a big guy. <laughs> Not a big guy was able to kind of scurry up the tree. I want to go back to this one image. Um, and again, he was there when the violence was occurring. This is a scary. This is a scary image. It looks like freaking Nazi Germany. Yeah. 
going on? Just, you know, SS. Yeah, protesters are just being beaten with batons in this shot. And you know what? Not so dissimilar from other protests that we've seen in the U.S. and around the world. Just yeah, very recently. Yeah, you need you need the press there to 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 cover this stuff. That's um, a really nice piece in the New York Times. Uh, yeah, the the University of Te I'm I'm really glad the University of Texas in Austin has bought Mr. Martin's archive. Yeah, so. a nice piece of American history, Americana. Yep. All the links that we're talking about today, you will be able to find on our, our blog at blog.photoshelter.com. We talked about Rob Whitworth uh, a few months ago when he came out with what he calls flow motion of Barcelona. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that. And, it, you know, he took us through, it just, I don't even know how he does it. But it's basically a time lapse, but he's moving through it. So it's more like a hyperlapse. It's not, it's not a stationary camera. And not only that, but he would use uh, telephoto lenses and zoom lenses and get closer and closer to the action and then follow people around the city, etc. He has come out with one of Dubai. Um, and we found this on Petapixel, and the, and the high-def video is on Vimeo. And I, I just can't even wrap my head around how he conceives of this and then how he actually executes it. So he got all...